Welcome to the Culinary School Podcast. I'm your host, Jonathan Schroeder. Culinary School is a podcast that brings food service professionals together to teach, inspire, and challenge one another to continue to push the boundaries of our food service industry. Each week, we bring you a guest from the food service world to share their story and insights with you. Now, without further ado, join me as class is now in session. Hey guys, welcome back to the Culinary School. Today we have a, uh, say a special edition. We have a father-son team, Rockfire Grill, Raj and Neil Sayal. Guys, welcome. Thanks for being here today. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Uh, can you just give um, us who Rockfire Grill is? Yep. Rockfire Grill is a you know, new fast casual concept established in October of uh, 2014, and it, it started by my father, Raj Sayal, uh, who has been a, a chef for his entire career. Uh, Dad, why don't you take, take it over? Sure. Um, I went to culinary school in India, mm-hmm. and then I trained to be a professional chef in Germany. So Germany had this apprenticeship where mm-hmm. we, they, they're known for their apprenticeships. And mm-hmm. in the culinary industry, they go to school half the time and they, they do practical, I mean, they, they work half the time. So since I had already gone to school, I got this two years, which is almost as good as four years of training mm-hmm. over there. Okay. And so how'd you come up with the, the concept of Rockfire Grill? I had this, I've, I've had all different kinds of restaurants. We've had Mexican restaurants, we've had Italian restaurants, we've had Indian restaurants. And I've, I've, I'm kind of well balanced with the Eastern and the Western or, or the Asian or the, and the Western. And what I noticed is that the bread in the old world cuisine or the, or that's probably the best way to describe it because the flat breads were so much fresher than the actual breads. And then don't get me wrong, the breads are great, but what people are doing here, they're confusing flatbreads with breads. So, so I came up with the idea of how, what if I could get a bread as fresh as a flatbread, and that's how we came up with this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to sort of add to that, I've been, uh, I grew up in Southern California, and uh, you know, Rockfire Grill is uh, pizzas, burgers, sort of shown through the lens of flatbread. So I've, you know, as a kid, uh, I've had a lot of experience with pizza and burgers. You know, growing up in Southern California, we have In-N-Out Burger. Mm-hmm. And, you know, to this day, it's probably my favorite burger. But I, I am very passionate about, uh, you know, fast food and fast casual food now that, you know, take it. I'm kind of helping link some of these old food mm-hmm. um, old world types of cuisines and sort of trying to link it to what I grew up passionate about. Mm-hmm. And was this type of, you know, baking, at least in the buns, is that, is that something that you were doing in past and other right. culinary positions that right. you kind of felt there's a need to do it here? Right. So what has happened in the, in the 80s, it was, it was low, low fat, low fat, and, and high, higher carb, pasta was popular. Um, now, 
in the last 10 years, we've seen that they wanted it low carb and that gave rise to less bread and less bread, flat bread became very popular. Mm -hmm. But people didn't, just like I said earlier, they didn't know, they used it as bread and everything, all the application everywhere was, they replaced the bread with the flat bread and, and the processes that go with it. Whereas I've had a lot of experience with both Western bread and East and Eastern bread, old world cuisine and new world cuisine, and I noticed the difference that everybody was going that route, and in that process, they they were not capturing the freshness of the flat bread, which is meant to be eaten right away. Mm -hmm. So I kind of combined that, came up with the proper proprietary way of 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 make baking this bread, and this Rock Fire Grill burger was created. Mm -hmm. Rock Fire Grill was not only the burger concept, it's, it's just all flatbreads, all products that we, that we sell are made fresh. Mm -hmm. So the whole concept stems from this, this concept which is in a very popular in India, it's called Garma Garam. That means fresh off the oven, or mm -hmm. fresh, freshly made. So we applied that to the bread here and, and, and we saw that we've got great results. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because the first time I'd been there, that was the first time I'd seen the bun baked that way, and I hadn't seen anything like it. So that was definitely unique to me when when I first went to your restaurant. What happens by doing? Well, the advantage of this is that everybody's tried a, a, a fresh bread at some point, mm -hmm. and and there's a big difference. The difference is night and day between a fresh bread and a, and an old bread, or or even bread that that's not. So the oven fresh bread has this uh, quality that lasts for only a short period of time, and if you've captured that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think um, it's sort of how, you know, in, in, in an Indian restaurant, if you go to an Indian restaurant and you order uh, chicken tikka masala or you order some curry, mm -hmm. you usually order with rice and, and, and some flatbread. Mm -hmm. um, they are not allowed to give you that flatbread unless it's coming right out of the oven. You know, if you get old, if you get stale or let's say cooled down non, uh, you'll notice it immediately right. and you probably mm -hmm. send it back. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, we're trying to take this application and um, bring it to more mainstream foods. Mm -hmm. Well, I think, I mean, tell me if I'm wrong, but I think people notice that right away too because only being around for a couple of years I mean even looking online just all the recognition especially right when you opened that it was something different that that people enjoy that they recognize as well right I, I don't I don't think um, we were ready for all that recognition immediately it was just it's this type of food is something we've we've been doing for a long time but we never um, we never tapped into uh, and we never served it to a very mainstream market. In fact, like we haven't really, we never, we never applied it to something so mainstream, like such as a burger. Mm -hmm. So when when people are coming in for a burger, they they're they're sort of not expecting uh, fresh flatbread, mm -hmm. and it has sort of enhanced the uh, experience of eating a burger. Mm -hmm. See, Rockfire Grill. The Rockfire Grill or the other restaurants I had before, all of them, I had one basic principle that how I could ex exceed the expectation of the customer. Mm -hmm. 
and all my recipes are based on that. And this is was was born based on that. How could I enhance your uh, dining experience, or or even eating a burger or a pizza? How can I make it to the, take it to the next level? And this is how we came up with that. By making our breads fresh and by getting fresh Angus beef, this whole combination of freshness comes through. You, mm -hmm. it, how, now, 80% of people still don't know what went behind to create this. They just eat it, they love it, they say, and all, almost 30 or 40% or maybe even more of the, of the comments that we get on, online are, this is the best burger we've ever eaten. So without even knowing what the process is. Mm -hmm. So now, if we can let them know what the process is, they can enjoy the, the process of eating it even more. Mm -hmm. And that's what we are trying to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's where we have a we have a good opportunity is uh, being able to convey what what we're actually doing mm -hmm. in a way that the consumer uh, understands. Because when they come in, like we tell them what we're doing, like we're saying, okay, we'll give you a fresh burger, fresh flatbread burger, and you know, even after they eat it, they still kind of don't know what just happened. Mm -hmm. You know, we don't, we have to you know explain to them. Um, we take raw dough. And uh, we put it in the oven as we, as we cook, uh, as we cook your burger, um, and what comes out, they meet together before it arrives on on the plate on your table. Mm -hmm. Has the um, has any of the menu changed since you first started? I know the the burgers are a big part of it, but has anything changed since? Kind of the the original days until now what we did was we streamlined it a little bit and the reason of streamlining it is that that we can get the food out as quickly as possible and as consistently as possible and then the things that we streamlined we can add it back on as specials and feature it from time to time mm -hmm. so this way it's seamless as far as as far as people's experience, I mean, our, our service and, and, and their, their actual consuming it. It is almost like a flow. You order it, as soon as you order, the, the thing starts cooking. As soon as finished cooking, it comes together and comes to your table. So it's, mm -hmm. it's the oven to table concept. Mm -hmm. We keep that, we kept that alive. By adding other things, there was a little disconnect because the timing of mm -hmm. one product versus the other product. Some, some things took longer, some things took less time. So we kind of streamlined it that way. But when we add it back on later on, we can actually prearrange some of the things so that it can be, it, it can be out at the same time or it complements the rest of our menu. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think one thing in particular was uh, flatbreads. We, uh, uh, fr you know, fresh flatbreads, it's, it's kind of similar to, to pizza. What we noticed was um, people weren't finishing them, you know, and it, it mm -hmm. sort of took a longer time to, to make. Mm -hmm. So, you know, kind of judging by the sales of, of it and, and sort of the day-to-day -day, uh, noticing that, um, you know, maybe we're putting too many ingredients in this, um, we decided to uh, to remove it from the menu. We, we had, we originally had... Uh, yeah, they were called stuffed flatbreads. Okay. They were actual flatbreads with... with meat stuffing, meat and cheese inside. Like, almost like a quesadilla kind of a okay. flatbread. Mm -hmm. Or but, a Crunchwrap Supreme. Yeah, mm -hmm. right. And, 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 then, and then we've topped it 
It was a great product, but it was too heavy and took longer to bake. So that's what we, that's how we, that's one example of what we took out basically. Okay. We also took out some of the ethnic flatbread kind of concept that we had, which was which, which made in the, in the tandoor, mm -hmm. because we can make the same thing in, in, our, in, our, in our stone deck ovens. Mm -hmm. So we kind of streamlined our kitchen operation also. So, so all of that basically allowed us to get everything out within seven minutes. And that's our goal. So everything comes out, with, which is pretty much the same as as, as a, a good fast food mm -hmm. restaurant. So if you go to, let's say, a, a good fast food restaurant where things are not sitting, mm -hmm. you should be able to get your product within six or seven minutes, even after waiting. And that's what our goal is, to be able to get that same quickness, but have this gourmet mm -hmm. uh, or you know healthier choice right. available to mm -hmm. you within the same time frame. Mm -hmm. And that's good too, I mean, especially speed and especially today now everyone wants it quick, but they also don't want their food sitting as well and already pre-made. So I was curious about that ticket time too, especially with baking the, the bread fresh every time since it's made to order. So, and that's pretty good time to, to get everything right. out. And that also lends us to do the fast casual better because see in this fast casual process, you order the counter and then it's being made right away. If it's a stable service, it is depends when the when the waitress gets free or the server gets free to come to you. So there's mm -hmm. a there's a gap here. There's no gap. So we so the food comes as fresh as possible outside with this uh, with this system. Mm -hmm. so. Well, great. Um, so how are you able to kind of? divide responsibilities i mean the both of you here is there are certain responsibilities that one of you has over the other because uh, part of one of the reasons why i was excited about to do this as well i'm glad we were able to connect is being a family um and having a restaurant together not just one having three locations but just kind of curious to hear the responsibilities how those are divided up who handles what or if it's a team aspect yeah, I mean, so we have, we have my father, uh, my mother, um, and I have two brothers. So we've, uh, we, uh, we all kind of, we all kind of do what we can to, uh, to grow this. My mother, father, dad, uh, they're, they're here, they're in every day. I actually, uh, actually, uh, I am an accountant, um, as well. Uh, so I have a full-time job. I graduated from uh, Cal State Fullerton in 2012. I got my CPA and uh, I've been working in audit and, and now consulting ever since. So what I'm trying to do when I, when I can is to, to sort of understand, uh, understand my dad's passion and, and sort of apply some of the best practices, some of the best business practices mm -hmm. that, I, that I sort of go through and audit on a day-to-day -day basis. So, you know, I've audited uh, some some other restaurant clients, so you know it's 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 good to to sort of witness uh, and see what is industry best practices and try to apply it in our business, so we can one day get to that point. Um, so I I work full time, but uh, when I'm not working, or when I'm not on the clock, I I'm I'm here with the family. 
and it's sort of the same with with our with our other brothers. Uh, we have I have two younger brothers, Jai and Rishi. Uh, Rishi's a, a full time student at UC Santa Barbara. Jai is coming on. Uh, he lives in New York City right now, but he's coming on to work full time uh, in, in a few weeks. So we're gonna get some more manpower. What I do is, of course, first thing is quality control. So not just quality control, but also making sure that we get better as we go along. So it's 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 constant innovation. We can't we constantly add. We tweak. We keep. I keep tweaking it uh, by by changing it a little bit better. It's like just, it's like the, the principle of Kaizen. It's always, it always, it's always room for improvement. Mm -hmm. So that's the little tiny steps that I keep adding on. And while I'm doing that, I'm also looking at um, doing this in multiple units and how it can be scalable. So, so the, I'm getting two things out of it. One thing is getting it constantly improved. Second thing is, watching it grow without my actual being there all the time. Since it's three locations, I'm always from one to mm -hmm. the other. And keep getting the same kind of results. People still have the same, you know, they enjoy it the same way. And I see that with new, new people all the time. That means that product which we're putting together is, is received that way. Mm -hmm. and, and once we get more organized, it will be very easy for us to, to open multiple units at a, at a time because we'll have more people trained. So now I have trained some people and whenever you open a new unit, those same managers and, and chefs come from the other unit and train the new ones mm -hmm. and then it goes on. So that's how we've managed to, to do all this. And I, I, I'm overseeing all that. So that's what I do. Um, my wife, Sarita, she basically takes care of the supplies and also does PR with, with the customers mm -hmm. and, and, and you know the businesses around. But we haven't really had a chance or have the time to get into the social media marketing. Right? And that's when, when, when he and Jai and Rishi uh, get in, we, they'll, they'll, start, they'll pretty much get all angles covered. Mm -hmm. It's, it's like, uh, you know, there's a lot of passion that started this restaurant. And, you know, as we, we have plans to grow, you know, beyond one, two, three restaurants, we have to sort of, uh, without, without um, sacrificing the passion, figure out what is, you know, realistic and what can be scaled and what, uh, what could do well in five different, you know, five different locations. Because all of our locations have different markets you know so it's about finding uh what would work in all three places not just what you know what's on our mind mm -hmm. sure let's talk about that uh, having a couple of locations so was the mission location that the first one that yes. you had yeah. so how long was that one open before you opened your second location i think six months within Only six, six months. months yeah within six months yeah, yeah. Was, I, I i i thought it was it was something that was so well received that I need to get on and, and open another one just not only to, to, to see how it works in the other location, also to, 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 for it to be available in different, if it works in one area so well, 
it should be able to work in another area. So we don't know how far each. So I, I went about 10 miles mm-hmm. and I opened another one. So this, the second one was more as an R&D mm-hmm. and as, 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 as a, as a, I would say, as a extension to the first one mm-hmm. and see how that worked well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. And so was part of that maybe to just, um, you know, since the first one was so well received is get a second one open, um, just to kind of keep that momentum going. So it was a little bit strategic behind it, or you said a lot of it just also to just to kind of see how it would do in a different area. What usually happens in, in a restaurant, which is, which, uh, on a restaurant chain or, or, a, or, a, or or a large restaurant company is they come in with the finances and they have a, a plan and and then they plan the growth whereas we came in with the product we had no finances mm-hmm. but we wanted to grow so within what within my capacity what was available so we took a closed down restaurant mm-hmm. and made it work there so i knew that the sales won't be phenomenal there because its location is not that great but I made it work. Mm-hmm. So same thing happened with Mission. It was a failed restaurant and we made that work and we got su- such good reviews out of it. We did the same thing with the second one. Mm-hmm. And then we did the same thing with the third one. And then we realized that we are, just prog- we are progressing in the right direction. Mm-hmm. But we still need to get finances in place because all these restaurants are still not the... I would say they are like delocations, which people have abandoned and I've taken them up and then converted into a B location but if I could get into an A location that's where we really start so this location here has the qualities of the A location mm-hmm. but it's still not designed the way we want it we still want to have an open kitchen so we're still there so mm-hmm. this should this I would say is a B plus location and once we get through with this it'll be an A location mm-hmm. and and we our sales will also reflect that so that's mm-hmm. the strategy we use because of our limited financial, you know, strength. Mm-hmm. And this is Huntington Beach. Yes. Just for reference. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so opening your second one after six months, I mean, what were some of the, some of the challenges there um, that you kind of had to either overcome or kind of just learn as you go? I mean, certainly six months is not a lot of time to be open for one location right. and you're opening your second one. Yeah, when, you know, when we first started, there was a lot of, um, you know, the, f- the first six months of, has been, was a real testing period. You know, there was, the good thing is, you know, everything, all of our food was very well received. So uh, the challenges in opening the second location is can we, can we have a, cons- can we have a consistent product in the second location? Mm-hmm. Um, can we have the entire menu from the first location in the second location and also can can they produce the product will the product mm-hmm. be consistent to the consumer yeah I with the experience that I had I was always there to jump in to make sure so I, I had no doubt in my mind that the quality would be there the question was will the, the people learn quick enough will they be able to, to, to duplicate it correctly and I was in the back, like a coach, ready to do that. So mm-hmm. that took me, took my attention from the first one a little bit, 
when I went into the into the second one. Mm -hmm. So that that is the that was the challenge that we had. Mm -hmm. Was there or did you find that there's any menu items at the second location that that didn't work that it did at the first one? So what we did, we we actually when we opened the second one, that is when we kind of trimmed some of the items. And and I kept an eye on it and, and I noticed that some of the items in the first one were more popular and some were more popular in the second one. Mm -hmm. So how quickly after the, the second location did you open the third one? Again, another six months. Yeah. Was it really another yeah, six again, months? Yeah, another six months. So in that 12 months, you had three locations yes. that were open. Yeah, it was a, it was a very fast... Uh, fast growth period uh, I mean we we had we had been approached by um, some real estate people that uh, said you know you should open up here a lot of our customers are coming from some of these areas and saying you know you should open up here um, so with all that being considered and we found another location that was closed and uh, this one was in Newport Beach and we had opened up number three Mm -hmm. Did so had three locations in twelve months and had a lot of buzz going around. Did you have a, um, people coming up to you guys wanting to do a franchise, wanting to open up one of your locations, and maybe kind of talk about that and the thought process when people started approaching you to to do that? While we were doing this, we also had this perfect pitch. And we had really good advice. And we had people who, since we were here local, a lot of the people came and visited, a lot of the judges came and visited us. Mm -hmm. So right off the bat, we knew that even though people are approaching us, step back, get our product better, get, our, get an ideal, ideal restaurant and then franchise. So we had a lot of people approaching us, but we kind of stepped back. Mm -hmm. If we had the finances in place, we would have been able to go. We kind of slowed down, mm -hmm. and 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 we did one, two, and three. We so we knew that we could easily do it. It can be it can be duplicated quickly, and it can be done simultaneously. Mm -hmm. So all those things were out of the way. Now we slowed down a little bit because we still want to make sure that we can show the volume of sales by getting to a better location. So the next one we would open would be exactly the location we want and designed. So we'll open, we will open one that we will build from scratch, design it the way we want it, have that open kitchen concept. So that is how we, we that's where we, so we, we started quickly and then we slowed down. Mm -hmm. And, and uh, to add to that, um, you know, when you mentioned, you know, are we considering franchising? Um, that's a good question. There's there's some advantages to that, but one thing that if if we were to to be considering franchising, we definitely have to uh, standardize our processes. You know, come up with a come up with a way that you know if there if there was a franchisee, he would be successful in opening up our concept and mm -hmm. the, the food would be consistent. So I think um, I'm stepping in and and you know doing a bunch of different projects other than the day to day work that that are that are sort of streamlining operations, um, coming up with consistent food costs and, 
inventory control, um, you know, amongst other other financial related, you know, coming up with financial statements so mm-hmm. we can, you know, present an FDD to a potential franchisee and they would know what they're getting into. So I'm not sure if, you know, we're going to franchise, mm-hmm. but we will be prepared to. Mm-hmm. I have also worked with vendors that are nationwide. Mm-hmm. So, so we, so if, if we open this concept in the East Coast or, or in Miami for that matter, or, or, you know, even, even any, any part of the U.S. basically, I have the capacity of getting the same exact product available there. So right. we, have, we work with vendors like that. Mm-hmm. So do you find then, because you mentioned the, the fast casual meeting, the people there, I mean, do you think that that was helpful? Um, like you said, the, the perfect pitch, having those judges and then coming to your restaurant afterwards just to kind of... Um, maybe coach is a good word to use, kind of coach you through that and not, um, you know, just kind of help you, give you their past experiences and um, help, you know. Absolutely. I, I think they gave us invaluable information yeah. and, and saved us a lot of headaches because with the excitement of, of a new product, we didn't have all that background that they had with franchising mm-hmm. and growth. We had the, our, our concept, so having look, heard their side of it and looked at it, we actually did what we wanted to do and, and we could step back. So we wanted to get market presence, we got that. Mm-hmm. We, we're building a brand and we stepped back. And, and so at any given point, if we got financing, we would have been ready. Mm-hmm. So that's where we are at. So we've always been been ready but ready to go but we step back a little bit mm-hmm. yeah the, the you know attending the conference that was the first food conference I've ever been to and um, it was just great uh, you know for one to be featured uh, on the you know on the perfect pitch so people you know knew who we were but you know we really felt like we're part of this new community and you know helps us seek out best practices helps us you know see you know meet other people in the restaurant industry and and uh, and it's a very friendly industry I think um, very competitive but at the same time I you know everybody that I met was so supportive of and wanted to help bring up you know some um, you know outsiders who are coming from you know nowhere mm-hmm. well I think that's you know I, I enjoy that conference personally just because for that reason, um, you know, a lot of people who are on stage, you know, weren't that big a couple of years ago yeah. and talk about the things that have helped them, um, you know, seem some of the things that they had struggled with. And, and I love that conference for that reason, because people I feel are, are really honest about that and want to help the other people that are there yeah. as well. Um, so um maybe let's let's talk a little bit about some challenges um and some struggles because you had three locations in 12 months um a lot of buzz opening up and do have a great product but being in the restaurant industry i think we know that it's not always easy or as glamorous as maybe as other people think that there are um you know, things to overcome. So maybe talk about some of the 
the challenges in the in the beginning days yeah um, yeah so you know one of the biggest challenges are, is you know being on people's radar marketing and our, our identity and branding um, it we we're coming from very food centric backgrounds um, and, and I'm coming from an accounting background but um, we we have a we have a customer we give them you know one of the one of their best one of the best dining experiences of their lives and you know they come back a couple of times but in this world of uh, you know hyper connectivity mm-hmm. and Instagram um, we have to one of the challenges is staying on people's minds um, you know someone I knew uh, said they used to come to Rockfire quite a, you know a lot of times and then they they just sort of forgot about us and you know one of our locations we, we keep getting uh, they keep telling us we're hit, a hidden gem mm-hmm. um, so we try to take this feedback and, and, and figure out okay maybe we're not on uh, maybe we need to do a better job of, of staying in front of the customer and you know identifying where they're at what are they doing and how can we connect with them mm-hmm. and what are um, I mean if you're going into a location or what are the same things that if any that you're doing in the community I mean you're getting ready to open a location or you know like right before is there anything that you're doing to kind of spread the word for example Huntington here uh, has been open for um, four or five weeks but it's a new location so did you do anything leading up to it to kind of get that word out in the new market we actually took a different approach we took everybody has a grand opening approach mm-hmm. we took the approach of a soft opening where we since we opened so quickly mm-hmm. we wanted to make sure that we could actually get the same product out in the second location and the third location so the soft opening really helped us out because we could phase into it very well if without having all the planning behind us. The product was, was good, so we knew that we could do it. Mm-hmm. It's just the logistics of being able to produce it in a different environment, in a different market. And so the soft opening approached us. So we actually kind of sc- scaled back a little bit on, on all of these things. And, and we, then we had the grand opening. Again, here in Huntington Beach, same exact thing. We are here. We haven't got our VR1 licenses yet. So it's still a soft, it's a pre-opening for us. Mm-hmm. As soon as we get that, we will have a grand opening. So we, we went with mm-hmm. a soft opening approach that let us, give us a little leeway to, mm-hmm. to, to, to get it right without dropping the ball. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and it also kind of doesn't, we don't have too much of a rush into the business too early on this kind of helps us you know get to know our neighbors get mm-hmm. to know our our clientele and then also figure out what what is not going to work at this particular location um, that has worked in other locations so we can make small changes and we're making changes every day that uh, that are help that that's helping us streamline mm-hmm. operations mm-hmm. do you, is there a process you have in place to make any changes um, you know, being a, a family team, is there um, something that you guys do or is it just kind of case by case or, you know, some certain area where, yeah, where they it, decide? Yeah, it's, it's case by case at, at this point. It, uh, you know, we find out that, you know, something, 
doesn't apply to over here and you know we just sort of roll with it um you know eventually as as we are we are trying to get prepared to grow we we have to document these these issues in, at these types of locations and sort of integrate it into an operations manual you know so so it can be easily you know applied and and and, and whoever's operating the restaurant is sort of empowered to uh to make changes as they go mm-hmm. we have been able to do this this approach and with great results because we are involved in the day-to-day uh, operation every, and we are there so mm-hmm. if even if the process is not correct the end result becomes correct because we are there to to hand hold it i mean to hold it and and move it to the next so by the end of this grand opening here we should have pretty much been able to take care of all the the processes and compile the the operations manual which basically can be a blueprint for all the rest of them mm-hmm. was quality control ever an issue opening so many stores um in that little period of of time were there any challenges there that making sure when you were at one location that the other location was keeping that same quality that made rock fire rock fire that was i could almost say that that's that was sacred to us quality control was sacred to us mm-hmm. so we treated it that way so there was never a moment that we did not uh, we moved away from that that we always there was always in our focus so the quality was always remained the same there were of course day to day issues where we the oven didn't work or or something went wrong mm-hmm. and and we quickly fixed that so those are the issues that affected the quality uh, one time we remember we were doing well and we got a great review and we got a whole bunch of people that came in and we couldn't keep up with them so so these challenges brought brought it down for the day or mm-hmm. for a few days and but it came right back up so those were the issues that we saw and 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 uh, going from here because i was always there to hold their hand to do it and now we have a, a good team there so in this location when we came here my 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 cooks came in from the other location i just set up the line for them and that's it and and right away we did the same it was as if we just in in fact that's what we did we moved from from santa ana to here so everything mm-hmm. with that move so the quality was never a problem mm-hmm. how did you come about to picking this location um or any location i know the, the your second one you know you mentioned it was a lot for r&d purposes but other ones going forward what do you is there something you typically look for in a location yeah. well what what i've been doing is that like we said we have taken close down restaurants and that's all i can do at this point but i'm still trying to to gauge this that a b c and d level of of location because it's finally the location that makes the biggest difference it's location 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 so in the process of 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 growing we've also been able to appeal to better location better landlords and they have taken a look, look at our operation and they are they are giving us better leases better locations are coming by and this mm-hmm. is an example of that here there were this was only closed for a week in between the last and and this one and there were seven or eight different applicants that came in 
I actually didn't even apply for this or look for it for the first week. I had another smaller location. They were going to get me in there. And then a national chain came in there and they took them as priority. And I came back the next week and this was still there. So I put my name in the hat. Mm -hmm. And the next day, the landlord, who I didn't even know, I met him in, 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 in the Long Beach location. He just came in to check and I happened to be there. He came in, he ate the food, he looked at the decor, he went to the bathroom and he came out and says, your bathrooms are immaculate. And the day after that, I get the lease. So I talked to the, the real estate broker. He says there were six people in there. The, the two people actually wanted to pay more than the, than the price that, that the, the landlord said, but he chose you. Wow. So, so I thought this is a lottery for me. Yeah, <laughs> you know, we've gotten, especially with our first location um, too, we were, I would say we were not credit worthy at, at the time mm -hmm. to, to get it, but um, you know, they meet my dad and they try the food and it's these intangibles that have um, that have sort of propelled us into where we're at right now. There, there's some intangible qualities you can't really see on an income statement mm -hmm. or a balance sheet that have uh, enabled us to uh, to 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 get into the, some of the locations we have. And you know, it's it's, it's it, it all kind of comes back to, to passion. You, mm -hmm. know, you can't quantify that. At, at, you know. Yeah, and we're also aware of the limitations of these, these intangible qualities. They'll mm -hmm. only take you to a certain level. So, and and we, we have kept my eye on it, and we've got to the, the level where we want to be mm -hmm. with the capacity and of, of our financial capacity and our, our quality. And so this is the, this is the result of, of all of that. Mm -hmm. From here on, it is going to be 50-50 quality and, and sales for us to be able to get to the next level. Mm -hmm. And, you know, processes and kind of, we're going to kind of go to, we're going to seek locations that will require um, something other than passion, more, you know, accountability and mm -hmm. um, percentages. <laughs> right. Yeah. We have actually started looking at markets that are more conducive to us. See, just because I live in Orange County doesn't mean that this is the best market for it. Mm -hmm. probably is the toughest market or even California would be the toughest market mm -hmm. and, and if we've been able to do this here all these seminars and conferences that we go and, and I look at and there are so many other markets that our growth could be much more rapid I mean there are incubator cities like, like Columbus, Ohio Washington DC mm -hmm. where all these fast casuals have been born and there's a reason for that the reason is is the, is the kind of people that are in that the demographics of the area support this kind of growth mm -hmm. much better than the demographics of California or, or Los Angeles so we are open to that mm -hmm. yeah some of the demographics outside of where I grew up um, may be better representative of our uh, a better representation of who would buy our product and you know Moreover, you know, Southern California is a tough, tough place. It's the birthplace of, you know, McDonald's, Taco Bell, in and out um, So, you know, it, we're sort of validated that, you know, we've been able to um, do well in, in Southern California. But, you know, 
we don't know really where we can go unless mm-hmm. you know we're open to to other markets mm-hmm. yeah a small a smaller town a mid-sized city uh, will have less variety and our product is is, is a really a, the top of the line comfort food which you have taken five notches up mm-hmm. it just seems logical that they'll do much better in a smaller city and be more appreciated there'll be more to it'll become of a talk of a town faster than in a big yeah. city like this mm-hmm. yeah so where so what are some of your goals for rock fire moving forward then i mean it can be anything in terms of other locations or menu items or just you know uh, yeah i'd say uh, vaguely like to to make to to get this product this this unique product into as many hands um, and into as many mouths as as we as possible in order to to make these people happy um, mm-hmm. because you know when people come in and eat at Rockfire Grill, Mission Viejo, Huntington Beach, Long Beach, you know, I come up to the table, I, I ask them if they're doing okay, and they always, you know, half the time it's like, I, this is the greatest burger I ever ate. You know, the food is amazing. Um, and this is also reflected in, 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 in our, our, our reviews online. Like, we have very, a very good reputation online. Um, and I, that excites me that, uh, that this is working in different, different markets, and I just want to keep testing the waters. So, yes, we want to we want to continue growing um, at the same time, not losing uh, the original passion and the original. Uh, yeah, the original passion. <laughs> yeah, I think I think we know that if it works in a tough market like this, it's going to get easier in a, in a, in a better environment. We've also seen that the opening one close to each other, like five to ten miles, hasn't really cannibalized the the other other restaurant, mm-hmm. and, and, and it, it it actually has more synergetic effect because if one place is closed on on a holiday and this is open, we've actually seen people come on a holiday here all the way from there mm-hmm. to come to eat our burger. So having more locations actually complements it, and and so if it works every five to ten miles. In Southern California, we could pretty much take the entire U.S. and and kind of use the same map, mm-hmm. and, and and it should technically be uh, be fine. So we know the market is huge. We know we got a great product that people would want to have in their neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Now we got to put all the rest of the little pieces of the puzzle together, and as that come along, we'll slowly keep growing. Um, any markets you think you may like to, to test outside of California down, down the road? Yeah. Um, Columbus, Ohio was mentioned. Uh, I think that, you know, it's a college town which sort of has a demographic um, very representative of the United States um, in general in terms of, you know, population and age. Uh, you know, we have the Ohio State University there, so mm-hmm. um, it's a, it's a, it's a breeding ground for a lot of uh, a lot of restaurant concepts and uh, I think that that's that's one place I get I get excited about um, I have an angel investor who's interested in my concept I met him at the pizza expo and he's in New York and and 
he is ready to to open New York and that area, and we've kind of slowed down because we've known that let's get our processes together. So New York's a great market. East Coast is a great mm-hmm. market. Um, I met the mayor of of Louisville, Kentucky, in Louisville, Kentucky, and they have a great food. They want to to make the city a foodie city. Mm-hmm. So they have the. So I'm trying to identify, but like you said, Columbus, Ohio, New York, anywhere down Kentucky, uh, Tennessee, all of the whole Bible Belt. Uh, there's so many good spots that we should do well right away. Mm-hmm. But it's it's about um, it's about you know maintaining the quality control. So you know we we got to make sure we're dealing with you know people who are who who will uh, are motivated to keep consistent what we what has made us originally um, popular in, in Southern California. Yeah, mm-hmm. and 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 LA is a, probably the next market because it's so close and mm-hmm. we're here. Yeah, and I I live in LA, so it's, um, you know, I think that's part of part of uh, what I'm doing, and you know, my job is to identify where, you know, how far we can, how far we can move away from Orange County, and you know, LA is a LA is a major market over here, and I think, you know, it'll be even though it is competitive, um, you know, it's a great a great place to for uh, for food exposure. What are some of your priorities right now at Rock Fire Grill? Um, I mean, anything from, um, you know, kind of getting operations in place, one system, uh, any new menu ideas um, that you're looking at or want to explore? Yeah, I'd say um, kind of with with our three locations now, I think um, because we know we have potential um, to grow, we want to make the next the next uh, next location we get um, as seamless as possible, and that's kind of it's it's on us to streamline our operations, um, come up with uh, come up with you know standard costs, uh, as well as getting getting very clear on um, what our what our costs are. So um, we're taking a step back and we are um, examining everything that we do currently. Uh, and, and trying to set ourselves up for easy, easy transitions. So focus, uh, you know, refocus on operations and um, and marketing as well. You know, as that was a challenge. Is um, we are trying to get more in touch with with our customers. And, uh, and yeah, yeah. And as we went along, I knew that I will have more help from from all my all my sons. Mm-hmm. So I got the quality part, and and the do and the and the cookie cutting process of hung, building one to the other, rest of the production and the food out of the way that we've already seen. Mm-hmm. So even if we don't put a process together, we can get the same quality food up and running in any location as quickly as we've done in the past. Mm-hmm. But to go there, we do need to have the other process which Neil talked about mm-hmm. in place. So. Mm-hmm. So one part is complete, or almost complete. The other parts we are working on as we go along. Mm-hmm. We're just examining what we're doing on a day-to-day basis and, and, and seeing if that is feasible 
you know, is, is that feasible? Are these, are these activities the, the highest quality activities we're doing? Um, and uh, we're sort of just re-examining what we're doing, um, knowing that we have, you know, we have potential to, to do it in other locations. So, yeah, it's, it's a bit of a reflective period for us. How do you guys determine um, trying out new ideas, whether it is a menu item or, um, I mean, how does that, that process look like? Right. Um, we, uh, so I'm a foodie, um, you know, kind of, as I mentioned, growing up. And we understand that uh, the food culture in Orange County, food culture in general has changed and it sort of came out of Orange County like uh, one of the founding fathers is your other interviewee, um, Andy, Andy mm-hmm. Nguyen. Uh, so, you know, everybody's, a lot of people that I know are, are very, um, you know, leaned in to this new foodie culture that he, that he started. And, you know, we having a unique product is a product that can be applied to different, different types of cuisines. You know, we, we're, we're really, uh, really excited about introducing new products sort of through the lens of our fresh flatbread. Um, one thing in particular is uh, Nashville hot chicken. We, we went to, the, we went to, to Hattie B's in, in Nashville um, last year and we, we tried the hot chicken, which has uh, really become a, a, a huge trend in Los Angeles and, and if not everywhere. <laughs> and I came back and I realized what they were doing and I, of course, with my bag, I knew exactly what they were doing. So I, I, I went into the kitchen, put my products together, came out with the chicken, and we actually bettered it, made it so well that it could be better for our sandwich. They mm-hmm. had the whole chicken with the bone in it. We made it without the bone, made it into a sandwich, and it was, I didn't have to even change the recipe at all. I mean, it just went straight. Mm-hmm. And, and I've kept that recipe, and, and, and that is, that's what we're going to roll out. Okay. Same type of bread that you're using for yeah, the burger fresh now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I tried it, and you know, it, it it was it was very it was very good. It tasted amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think people are gonna people are gonna go nuts for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how we gauge this new product is we try it ourselves, and if we can get excited, then we can roll it out. Mm-hmm. So I, I I make it, my family tries it, my my my. Staff tries it, my neighbors try it, and and it's exciting. Then we go on. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the biggest thing too. You know, talking about get excited. Then I mean, because anytime, at least in my mind, you're rolling a product out, and if you're not excited about it, I think that energy feeds to the staff and the other people that you're testing it out to. Um, because if you're not excited about how can anyone else get excited about it and even just hearing you talking about it now and getting excited about that I'm getting excited even just in the beginning talking about chicken that sounded phenomenal but you know hearing the passion from both of you saying it and the process I mean it's it's contagious how does how does the staff not get excited about it talking to the customers then well that has been our mantra anyways we will not keep a, give a product that we are not excited about mm-hmm. if I can enjoy it then I'm not even going to put it on my menu. Mm-hmm. So, so me personally, yes, but I have to make sure that others around me have the same 
and, and, and it's not solicited. I just give them, they try it, and they come up with me and say, oh, this is great. That's when we, we I already know what I want to make, mm -hmm. but that's just me. But when other people around me, that's, that, that's, they, are the, they are the ones who score, give us the scores. Once mm -hmm. we get the right scores, then we move on. Mm -hmm. And also, you know, we're, we're also kind of moving forward, trying to be, uh, you know, mindful of our consumers uh, and, you know, to our food trends. Uh, we're planning to, to try to, 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 to provide gluten-free breads, gluten-free pizza, um, because that is, a, that is a movement you can't avoid, especially, mm -hmm. you know, as a bread company. So, mm -hmm. you know, we, we, we look at the future and... We, we try to uh, try to understand that, that there's a movement that's that, that's health conscious. We have we have a, a product that that we, we believe is healthier mm -hmm. than traditional fast food, but you know we have to continue to, to look to be mindful and, and uh, receptive to uh, growing food trends in this industry. It's it's a very fast moving industry, and you know you look look back five years mm -hmm. at, at the the shopping center and then you look at it now and I guarantee you there's you know different restaurants <laughs> mm -hmm. you know and, and you brought up a good point too about talking about trends um, so how do you how do you kind of identify that you know like what is a trend um, I mean maybe you have something on your uh, menu maybe it's just a seasonal thing or you know like the chicken is that something that's gonna be there long term or you know because I think the food industry a few years ago was totally different from where it is now um, you know and there's a lot of good ideas so is that one way that you just have seasonal items to kind of help do those trends and if they are popular then you can bring them back or perhaps even keep them Right. I, I think, um, you know, part of, part of having seasonal items is to uh, test out the, the, the limits of our, of our flesh, fresh flatbread. And, you know, we, we don't want to put anything in between uh, our, our flatbread that, you know, we wouldn't, we wouldn't like ourselves. But, you know, that kind of gives way to something that may be gimmicky or... Mm -hmm. um, you know, not, not honest. So uh, we don't want to just put out anything that looks good in front of a, you know, looks good on Instagram, mm -hmm. but, you know, try to identify the items that will not only look good on Instagram, um, but people will actually enjoy and want to come back and eat, you know? Mm -hmm. And I'm also looking, keeping an eye on, on how I can roll it out nationwide. Right. Uh, so I won't put a product that won't work in another location. And then as the industry evolved, so has all these trends involved. So as gluten-free moment evolved, now the gluten-free flour is much better than what was four years ago. Mm -hmm. When you say gluten-free to somebody, it was like eating cardboard. <laughs> and people yeah. ate it because they wanted gluten-free. But today, I can produce you the bun, which you will probably say is not gluten-free. It's that good. Mm -hmm. The way we, can, we, we found flour that is deglutenized wheat with other ingredients. So that gives you the same exact, if I didn't tell you it was gluten-free, you would not know. Mm -hmm. That's how good it is. So these are the things that I'm waiting to be able to get through my vendor before I put it on. So once I get it through my vendor, which is a major national carrier, then I, I know that I can put it on my menu and it'll, it'll be available everywhere. Mm -hmm. So those are the things. 
We have used alternate products which people have not thought about. For example, we have a rice paper roll on our burger, which is gluten-free. So it allows you to get the satisfaction of biting into a burger versus normally gluten-free would have, oh, piece of meat with some salad because you're not eating the bun. Mm -hmm. So things like that. You came up with the Pupuso burger, which is gluten-free, mm -hmm. which you make with fresh masa, that is fresh corn you know, uh, dough. Uh, the same principles made make it made as we go and that's a great hit which we're going to roll out so we are look, constantly looking for products like that mm -hmm. how and how do you come up with some of those ideas um, for new products is it you know you mentioned the chicken um, you know is it seeing um, you know just maybe taking bits of piece of what others are doing or just some random idea that you have and it sounds good and see if it has any legs to it Actually, we kind of talk, and, and he is more, he and my sons, they are more in tune with, with what's needed in the market, because it's the millennials and, and, the, and the next generation after that. Mm -hmm. they, are the, they are the ones who, who have these uh, needs. I have the experience and, and the knowledge, so we kind of sit and talk, and I, we come up with the idea, and then I go to the kitchen, put it together, and test it out on them, and, and that's how we come up with it. Mm -hmm. um, there are certain things, once we identify a certain need, uh, then I have the, the uh, tested out ideas, things that I've done in the past in other locations, in other cuisines, in other operations that I can put together. So mm -hmm. that's how we come up with it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, part of it is being a you know being aware of what's um, what people are consuming, mm -hmm. um, at the same time too it's it's there we tend to take the path of exploration. Um, there's so many cuisines that work because they have a component of fresh flatbread um, because it's it's something so ubiquitous to to so many cultures in Latin America, Europe, mm -hmm. um, and and beyond and you know Asia. So I think that that excites me that um, you know the inner explorer in me can mm -hmm. uh, s can you know see what is possible um, but then it goes through the, the whole quality control and uh, feasibility tests of a flat a fast casual concept with ambitions of becoming national yeah I have the background basically for for an R&D chef and mm -hmm. for for international cuisine because that's what I did for many years I mm -hmm. you know I was supposed to be uh, an executive chef in a in a in a in international airline company, catering company, and then I became their corporate executive chef for Asia Pacific. So I traveled. So I have this this background where I have all of these ideas that I'm trying to put together, and we do that at home, you know, uh, once in a way, and and a lot of this, if so, if if you mention that you want something, I already have a pr ready product. Mm -hmm. You just have to put it in place, so it's, it comes very quickly. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's the, that's the advantage of having a, 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 a well-trained chef mm -hmm. with with a, with with a good operation. And so we know that we will never really dip in a quality, and we will never sacrifice a quality, no matter how big we grow, mm -hmm. because this this component is always going to be there. Mm -hmm. And and by the time I if I transition out of it, this will already be laid out, and and it'll already be. Uh, set in a certain specification 
the operations will be set. So, mm -hmm. so whatever we build now will have this, both these components there. Right. Well, I think that's great. I mean, especially, you know, from this conversation, hearing really a lot of self-awareness on your end and having the awareness to get to the place where you are. We're having a couple of locations to get out to the market, but at the same time, stay there and make sure all the operations are running smoothly and knowing that because a lot of times you'll hear people wanting just to grow as fast as fast as I can, but things suffer like the quality and then, you know, ultimately that damages the brand. So it's great to hear that you're kind of in that, that place where you know where you want to be and you know where you want next, but you know the things you need to do now and, um, and what you're able to do. Right. I think it's about staying excited and passionate about what you do. And, um, you know, we love, we love seeing, you know, every customer um, really enjoy their experience at Rockfire Grill. And, um, you know, that's what keeps us going. Um, really, it is, it's really what, what keeps us going through, through the hard times is that we have, um, we have a great foundation and our product, um, our product is strong. Mm -hmm. And I, I'm glad you brought that up, the passion part too, because as, you know, get ready to, to wrap up, I think that hearing you guys at Fast Casual on the stage at the perfect pitch, I mean, it was just hard not to get excited when you guys were talking. Um, I mean, it was so clear the passion that you guys had about it. And, um, the, you know, that's so important to be excited about what you do, as we were talking about earlier, because, you know, if it, you're not excited, your customers aren't going to be, or you're not excited, your employees aren't going to be excited. And yeah. if they're not excited, then it's hard to get the customers excited about that. So... Um, I don't know. I, I, it's may, that's maybe not a question, more of a statement. But yeah. seeing you guys and hearing you at um, at Fast Casual and today, it's, I mean that's clear, and that's um, just being in this industry gets me excited, and why I'm glad we're doing this. Yeah, absolutely. It it, it really is. Um, you know, when you have nothing else, like you have, you have to have the backbone of, of passion because that's that's really what's going to carry you when when nothing else is is going right and you know we've had our share of uh of, of um you know disappointments but you know what is what has kept kept us going is is, is the passion you know mm -hmm. the passion that my dad has <laughs> mm -hmm. you know well you know it's it, it's it's like it's like going to the gym you know if i just go and do easy things in the gym i'm not going to build muscle mm -hmm. i have to have heavyweights and, and these are our problems when we get problems that just makes us stronger mm -hmm. makes us grow makes us you know gives us more muscle mm -hmm. and, and we've seen that you know every time we have a problem we, we bounce back and we come out better mm -hmm. so we need our problems you know every and we're not going to deny that there won't be problems there will be problems but we are ready for it we are we get excited about handling them and, and taking care and getting better with it mm -hmm. so great well, before we get into the final questions, the rapid fire, um, uh, just what's one thing from each of you that you're excited about for Rock Fire moving forward? I'm very excited that, um, you know, people, like, 
I'm very excited to introduce this to someone for the first time because I know you haven't had, I know many people have not had, uh, you know, a burger like we got, we offer. It'll, it'll likely be, if I never met you before, the first time you've had this and I want to be there for your first bite because, you know, I know that, I know that it's going to, it's going to exceed your expectations. I'm excited that my sons are joining me and we are now going to be able to take it to a level much higher than what we have and be able to introduce it to more people. I have already seen how it works. So the, my excitement comes from my getting organized mm -hmm. and, and, and us growing and getting into better locations and getting better markets, talking to better people. So, so it's all working, going mm -hmm. in the right direction. Awesome. All right. So transitioning from that, what are you most excited about for the food industry right now moving forward? Um, I like that the food industry, uh, like most industries, you know, it's so visual now that um, it, it challenges everybody to be, be different and have something different. When something is hot, you'll have people copy it and then you'll have to move on to something else. And I think it's very exciting um, because now something underrepresented um, is going to be the next big thing. Mm -hmm. So that's very exciting that we've all sort of become, you know, exploratory with what we put out. Mm -hmm. I know the changing trends and how things change. And what I've done is I've based my business of Rockfire Grill on the principles of freshness. And we are a fresh flatbread, baked to order, out the table company. So having the basic need, bread, like breaking bread has been the biggest thing that people have done. We've kept that as a base. So as trends keep changing, we'll be able to, to to change with the trends and we'll be able to give everybody the, the basics of what, what they crave for. Mm -hmm. You know, it's always going to be some sort of bread with some sort of meat and some sort of protein with some sort of starch and carb, all the combination in every diet. So we are, we are able to tweak it in all, all, to fit all of those different uh, trends. Uh, keto uh, is famous now. It was, mm -hmm. it was uh, uh, paleo before. Uh, so we have been able to work with all of those different trends and, and be able to give somebody to be excited about having a, a, a let's say a rice paper roll and enjoying the burger while not cheating. Mm -hmm. yep. So yeah. those are the kind of things that we, 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 we keep doing. Mm -hmm. That's good actually, even though that is not in the, uh, my notes here for the final question, but I'm glad you brought that up because um, you know, dieting and, you know, different diets are huge right now. My fiance is doing the uh, keto diet right now. But so I'm glad to hear you say that and kind of talk about, um, you know, being able to change menu items or make it appealing for those people as well. Because right now, a lot of places we can only go where she can eat, obviously. And, you know, not all the places do that. So just being able to offer that option is is big because then that means I can go to the places that I still love to eat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's a uh, it's a uh, 
you know, this is the culture now. Um, when, when, you know, science finds out that, you know, you, you have to eat a certain way, then, you know, everybody has to adapt to it. And I think um, it's, it's very important for me, too, because I, I, I kind of lean in that direction of being more health-oriented. But, um, you know, I'm very excited that we have options. Mm-hmm. You know, I, being here, I, they make it a little different for me. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah. All right. All right. Um, somebody came up to you today and said they wanted to open a restaurant. What's one piece of advice you'd offer to them? Um, I'd say, you know, it kind of goes back to, are you passionate about food? Um, because, you know, it's, you know, there, there have been success stories of, of restaurants, uh, you know, but I think the real, and the real winners are the ones that can persevere through the, uh, the difficulties. And I don't think if you, if you're not passionate about what you do, um, you may wave the white flag, um, when you, when you shouldn't. What is your favorite menu item on your menu? Uh, for me, it is the uh, it is the carnitas burger. So it's a uh, you know we our patty we have two patties on on our, on our cheddar cheeseburger, but we replace one of the patties with um, pulled pork carnitas, and we put salsa and um, pepper jack cheese. And uh, the moment I had that, it was our it was our it was my favorite uh, favorite menu item. <laughs> <laughs> you got to have it if you come out have a, have a carnitas burger clearly the winner is any of the burgers because it's so different from what you i mean i we we haven't talked about our pizzas and flatbreads we have really great pizzas and really good we mm. haven't talked about it because we have another product that that is completely out of anybody's radar they have never tried it before that's why we mm. talk about the burger more mm-hmm. but you try you, you can come in and and Try pizzas, and we get the same kind of results. They, they say it's great, mm-hmm. but the burger is something that that you've never tried before. So when somebody comes in and and asks us, we've never been here before. We suggest the burger first because pizzas they've probably tried a good pizza somewhere, but they've mm-hmm. never tried this product before. Mm-hmm. If you had to choose your last meal, what would it be? Okay, and you're from Chicago, right? Yep. <laughs> My last meal would have to be. Um, Lou Malnati's um, deep dish pizza, like the nice. normal sausage, and, and uh, I think that that's probably my favorite food in the world. I can't have it all the time, but you know, <laughs> if I'm ever in in Chicago, that's where I'm going. Yep. <laughs> I said that without hesitation. Yeah. <laughs> Bob, if it is my last meal, I probably won't be a meal. I'll probably have one of my three chicks. <laughs> I load it up with, with all, all, all of it in there, and, and, and that that would be we, we make really good milkshakes. So so that's that's what I would probably have. Awesome. All right. Where can listeners go to find you guys online? Yeah, we have a website, rockfiregrill.com. Uh, we're active on you know most social media platforms: Facebook, Instagram at Rockfire Grill. Um, yeah, we're, you know, I would say uh, check out our Yelp. That's a great place to start. Just Yelp Rockfire Grill. And, you know, we're, we'll be happy with the, with, the, with the search results. Great. All right. Well, I just want to say thank you guys for joining me today. I appreciate you uh, taking time on this Sunday, this Father's Day Sunday. So thank you uh, for sitting down with me. Thank you. Thanks, Jonathan. Thanks. Thanks.
that's a wrap for this week's podcast. Thank you for listening, my friends. I hope you enjoyed the episode. Culinaryschool.com. You can find the show notes to this week's podcast as well as the previous episode show notes. If you enjoyed the episode and got any value from it, I ask that you please go to iTunes to rate and subscribe to the podcast. And if you know of anyone who might find value in the podcast, please share it with them. My mission is to bring you a weekly guest from the food service world to share their story and insights with you. And until next time, I'm Jonathan Schroeder. This is Culinary School.